Tell somebody else, glad to see you. Glad to be here. Now clap your hands, put those hands together for the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus. We thank you for joining with us this morning. If you're tuning in live, we thank you for tuning in live with us. Go ahead and click the like button, the share button, and let's make some noise for Jesus. Hallelujah. You can clap like this. And we want to sing about the blood of Jesus this morning. Oh, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Come on, say it. Say it again. What can wash away my sins? Yeah. What can make me whole again? Now lift it loud, everybody. Oh, precious is the Lord. Yeah. That makes I know it was the blood. 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 I know it was
for this week one that is very important is that we are having a movie this week with Sister Deborah in the house alright he's hiding somewhere that's where she is um, this movie is going to be a good one I believe LeBron James is in it, and it's a joy just to come together to fellowship. So, at our regular time on Tuesday, 
Amen. Let's come together and let's fellowship. Let's enjoy each other in the Lord. Also, our fourth feast is coming up on the 31st. We're going to have what we call trunk or treat. So as many of you as can come out, please come out and enjoy yourself. Uh, we are also having on October 25, which is tomorrow, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., one of our members has been blessed with a big contract, and he is trying to recruit workers. So, uh, Brother Bion got a contract to clean our hospitals here. And that's a major, major money undertaking. So now he needed to recruit people to work. So if you're looking for a job, before you call me for prayer, I'm going to ask you, have you gone? <laughs> have you showed up? <laughs> so please make yourself available. This is one of our own, and we thank God for the opportunity. Amen. I'm glad that you clap for him, but please don't forget that one of the reasons he got the job is because of you. I always tell you the name of your church is important in this community. I always tell you the whole community is watching what you do, they're counting the numbers, numbers. If you don't remember anything, remember numbers. That's how we determine who win in America. So we're grateful. If you have a skill or you're running for office or you're trying to do something important, uh, you let us know, we will push it. Many who use the name of your church, your pastor for reference, that's what it's all about. So I learned that very well from my friend over there at POE. They are committed to making sure every door is open for their members. For employment, for business, it's more than just shouting on Sunday morning. So please let's learn. Talking about that, I want to commend those of you who are members of governmental affairs. Uh, this past uh, Thursday, you did a remarkable job. I came in, guess what I'm looking for? Numbers, 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 numbers. So in ministry, you have to learn how to count. And if there's nobody to count, if you have something good to say, Nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> Welcome to America. By the way, that's scripture also. So if you want to know, I'll be glad to share with you. On November 14, uh, we're going to have here with us the Louisiana College basketball team. There's about 40 of them coming. So we encourage you to make yourself available to welcome them. One of the secrets of church growth 
is how people are welcome. So these things are not really difficult to figure out. It's not so much of how well your pastor preach. If the members wants to run everybody out, they can do it. And, and some of you are doing it. So, and now I'm learning to find out who you are. And now I'm developing boldness to call you out. So, by the way, that's also scriptural. <laughs> the Bible is not complicated. Isaac was digging wells, but some people are putting holes and putting stones in it. So, all of a sudden, we have no well because there are some people here. Either they don't understand how these things work or they're just agents of the enemy. But either way, God is able. Please don't forget, November 20th at 6 p.m., we're going to have what we call licensing and ordination service. So please mark your calendar. We want you to come out to celebrate all of our ministers. Um, many of them have been studying for years. And we just continue to train and watch and examine. So now the time has come to empower them and to let them know how much we love them. So something like this can open door for us. Several of them, we live in a community that they don't just believe in God call you. They want you to show a piece of paper that you've been licensed and you've been ordained. And if you don't have those, as I'm standing in front of you now, I can tell you at least five churches that are looking for pastors. But they're not going to consider you if you don't have the requisite paperwork. So this is very important worship service. Uh, mark your calendar on the 28th. Come out and show them that you care. For the record, these are people that have been serving you for years without pay. So your pastor is very practical. I will tell you the good, the bad, the ugly. So if somebody serve you, like Jacob served Laban for years and years, the least you can do <laughs> is to come out to say, we appreciate you. All minds clear? One more thing. Uh, a lot of churches are dealing with this effect of COVID-19. Please let me encourage you to continue to follow the protocol even though the numbers are down, we thank God for that. But just out of abundance of caution, let's continue to just uh, sanitize. We do that, in case you don't know, to your church. Before you come in, we sanitize the building. After you're gone, we re-sanitize the building for the next people coming. But we are not going to be at your home. We're not going to be at what you do in the community, on the job. So I'm just asking you to remain vigilant and responsible. Yet, do not live in fear. 
and don't be an agent of fear. So if you don't understand some things, read. Rather than just going by what you saw on Facebook. <laughs> that is not, that's not wisdom. That's just somebody running their mouth. So we thank God for his protection. And we will continue to abide by those rules. Finally, please permit me to share with you what God has told me. I'm glad one of my son in the, in the ministry is here to hear it. For our church to continue to grow, we're going to need three arrows. And the Lord talks to me in signs, in numbers, uh, because I understand numbers. I understand signs. Uh, God talked to some people in colors. So uh, he will meet you at the level of your understanding. So he had to do that to me. And basically, the three R's you need to remember is number one, recruit. So if you're a church, you're a member here, but you have not recruited nobody to join your church, honestly, I don't consider you a member. By the way, that's scripture also. The Bible says you have to go highways, byways. So these things, even though I simplified the Bible, it's not really something that should be strange to you. And you'll be amazed how many of you have been coming since the year of Shadrach, Meshach, and Badnego, and you've never recruited a single soul to the Lord. So, if you want your church to prosper, if you want to enhance the kingdom of God, guess what you need to do? Recruit. If you get that, say amen. amen. The second R that the Lord gave me is retain. It's not enough to bring people into the kingdom of God. All of us, from the pulpit to the pews, choir stand, you have to get out of the habit of running people away, but to retain them. All right? That's also scriptural. The Bible says as much as it depends on you, be at peace with every man, not just your cronies. Every man, every woman. So this is a small community. When people come and they leave, make no mistake about it, your pastor talks to them. Because I want to know, why did you leave? And so I don't want your name to come up. Because then I know you are the enemy I'm looking for. All right? I'm very practical, very surgical. Uh, the Lord knows what he has to do by choosing somebody like me with a simple brain. I'm not complicated at all. Two plus two, we always be four. So don't let your name come up. I don't want my name to come up for somebody to say, well, I left because pastor was busted or because pastor did this to me. No. The church job is to do what? Retain. 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 
All right? In fact, I don't mind telling you, on my job, I'm paid six figures just to retain students. That's what I'm paid for. So I'm not just talking spiritually. I know every organization you have to do it, every church you have to do it, but there are some witches. People with Jezebel spirit. All right? So just make sure you're not one of them. That's all I'm asking. So you should be in the business of recruiting and retaining. And guess what else? One more hour. We have to revive people that come in. In other words, people ought to join your church and few months later, they ought to be able to say, I'm learning something. My life is better. I know God more. Uh, it's becoming more clearer and more committed to the work of the ministry. So don't forget those three things. Guess what? I have a lot of sons and daughters in the ministry. I'm going to personally write to them and say, this is the formula God gave me. You won't find it in any book. It's a rhema word. I was driving on the highway when God spoke to me. He said, this is the key. In addition to your prayers and all other stuff that you're doing, encourage your people to recruit. Encourage your people to retain. And encourage your people to revive. So if you're going to sing, it's not about you. It's about reviving others. If I stand here to preach, it's not about me. It should be to revive the body of Christ. All minds clear? I want to say thank you to all of you guests that are here this morning. And thank you for all that the members are doing. I was going somewhere yesterday. One of the deacons noted that this is a giving church. And I told him, you're right about it. So despite all the COVID thing, the work of the ministry is going forth. You're faithful, you're giving. Now I commend you for that, but I'm asking you to pay attention and expect God to reward you. Christians, you're good at sowing, but you're not good at reaping. I'm already preaching, by the way, in case you don't know. So it will, it will not be a smart person that you spend, if you don't believe me, ask Brother Bruce. He's a farmer. He knows this. So you have to learn how to, to work the, the ground and, and plant and, you, and sow, but then don't just take a vacation after when it's harvest time, expect God to bless you. Expect God to bless your children. Expect God to answer your prayer. Expect God to say amen to the work of your hand. These are not just suggestions. These are biblical principles. You will be like a tree that is planted. <laughs> Bringing forth your fruit in season. See, and whatsoever you do, not some of what you do, some of you have 
reinterpreted the Bible and you expect God to bless some of what you do. That's not scripture. You're supposed to be blessed. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask the choir to minister to us one more time and then I'll be back to teach the world. Thank you.
the Lord. That's my neighbor you are. I know she blessed. I want to thank God for all of you praying for all of our family members who are in bereavement. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Continue to lift them up before the Lord. We are praying for comfort. We are praying for strength. And that God will just abide with them. Amen. Glad to see Sister Ophelia Allen and Brother Bruce and Rena. Harrell and their family. God is still good. Amen. Everywhere I go, I can tell when I see members of this church. The word of God is powerful. It changes people's life. How we deal with life, how we deal with issues of life is just incredible. Sometimes I don't have to say a word just to sit down and I can see the teachings, the effect of it. To God be the glory. Open your Bible to the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse number 9. The book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 9. Let me encourage you to grab hold of the doctrine and the biblical principle that I will share with you this morning because all of us are going to need it in our walk with God. The book is Acts chapter 1, verse number 9, talking about Jesus. The Bible says, and when he had spoken... After he has spoken these things, while they're still beholding him and watching him, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for another day of blessing. According to your word, this is the day the Lord has made it. We have every reason to rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for life. David said, I went to bed last night. I woke up this morning because the Lord sustained me. Thank you that we can inhale and exhale. Thank you for our health and strength. Thank you for watching over our children, our loved ones, our belongings. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the privilege to hear the word of God. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will touch our heart one more time. Help our understanding of your word. Help us to be a better person a better Christian for your glory. And we'll be careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 
You may be seated. I want to share with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, Open Heavens. Open Heaven. Because this is communion day, let me remind you that the passage I just read to your hearing is about Jesus Christ. You will recall that Jesus came to this world and he lived in this planet. Am I right about it? Then while he was here, he had a ministry. It's a threefold ministry. Those of you who are preachers, if you have this threefold ministry, you will succeed. Hands down. Number one, he was a teacher. Am I right about it? Number two, he was preaching. He went about preaching the gospel. He's a preacher. And number three, he went about healing all those who are oppressed by the devil. For those of you who are pastors listening to me, if you can have those three things in your resume, bam, you're a success story. No devil can stop you. Jesus is not just our savior, he's our mentor. So don't let church folks turn you into any other thing. Focus. Focus on that which matters. You teach, you preach, and you heal those who are oppressed in Jesus' name. Then, of course, you know, thereafter, uh, all the player haters came after him. And he was arrested and tortured and beat up. And then they, they crucified him. Notice that he died. Notice that he was buried. And notice that he rose up on the third day. Am I still in the word of God? Ladies and gentlemen, to convince all the skeptics, the Bible say when he rose up, he showed himself to several people. Mary was one of them. She testified. I saw him. The disciples, 11 of them, they saw him. He sat down with them. He broke bread with them. He spent time with them. Of course, you remember my homeboy, Thomas. He showed himself to Thomas. He said, look at my hand. Feel it. Thomas was so scared, I can't believe it. This is him. This is where they nailed him. And then he told Thomas, blessed is he that believes in me without sin. Hallelujah. He showed himself to several other people. So there was clear evidence that he did rose from the dead. Now, here's where you need to make sure you, you increase your faith in the Lord. 
most churches, that's where they stop. In fact, some churches never get to his resurrection. They just walk you through the cross. And then they start screaming and whooping. He died. Oh, yes, he died. Mm. See? That's like somebody going to school and you finished third grade. You said, I got enough. It's a whole lot of schooling. <laughs> so you got to keep moving in your journey of understanding. So resurrection is critical. And don't stop at resurrection. Ladies and gentlemen, because the Bible said, while he was showing himself to different people, 40 days later, he gathered his disciples, and while he was talking with them and they were hearing him, all of a sudden, the heavens were open. And they watched him ascended into heaven. Now you see why I want to talk to you about open heaven. So you got, you got to move up. You finish one grade, you go to the next one. You go to the next one. Ladies and gentlemen, what is open heaven? You need to know there is a place called heaven. There's so many evidence of it. The Bible talks a lot about heaven. The Bible says it's the place where God resides. Even though it's omniscience, even though it's omnipresent, it's all-powerful, uh, it can be everywhere, but there is a place called heaven where every Christian when this life is over, we want to go and be with God. Not only do you need to know that's God's creed, you need to also know that in that place, there is no lack. In that place, the Bible says there is no room for poverty. In that place, there is no room for pain. No, no suffering there, no sickness there, no sorrow there. In fact, the Bible says there is no death there. Am I still in the book? Ladies and gentlemen, then you need to know that there are many things that is lacking in this planet that is present in heaven. Things like real joy. Real peace. The presence of God. Hallelujah. So when we talk about heaven, you can see why you and I need a place like that. Now, I know nobody wants to die now. Me either. But that place while you are here on earth can be open. Oh, glory. 
In other words, when we talk about open heaven, we're talking about while you're here on earth, you have access to heaven. You have access to all the resources that is in heaven. I can stop being preached because the will of God for all of us is to be living under open heaven. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, is that there are many people who profess to be Christians, but they are not living under open heaven. So my assignment today is to show you how you can trouble things that are troubling you because you live under open heaven. And how you can activate and trigger and provoke open heaven in your life. That's why I say you got to pay attention. Why do we need open heaven in our life? You and I need open heaven because we are humans. And we have limitations. There are things that you cannot do by yourself, no matter how well you do. You're good. How well you try. See, for example, at times, we all just reach our limit as human beings. I've seen people, for example, that try to break an addiction. They sincerely try. They try A program, BB program, CC. They've run out of alphabets. And yet, no luck. But if God opened the heavens, hallelujah. I've seen people that worked their their hearts out trying to get out of poverty. They tried to push their children. Some people worked two, three jobs. And yet, they died in poverty. Not because they didn't try. Not because they were lazy. But there is a limit to every human being. At times, you work so hard, but you notice you don't have the connections to make things happen. The truth be told, there are some things... You cannot do for yourself unless God help you. The good news, ladies and gentlemen, is that there is something called open heaven. And when God opened the heavens to you, now you have access to something more than the natural. God can do, for example, God can do things that medication cannot do. I feel like shouting already. (laughs) Yes and amen. Do I have a witness in the house? God can rain down abundance in anybody's life. When heavens are opened upon you. 
you need to ask the question, okay, why is this thing called open heaven so important? Why did Jesus ascended to the heaven? Why is it that he didn't stick around here? Why is it that he didn't stay in the ground? Ladies and gentlemen, this open heaven principle is so important, less than 2% of the Christian community are living under it. Christians are struggling, and then they become envious and jealous of those who learn to live under open heaven. And this is nothing strange. The churches just don't cover it. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible speaks of open heaven. You remember in Genesis chapter 7 verse 11, the Bible talks about Noah. Noah was 600 years old. And the Bible says on the second month, on the 17th day of that month, two things happened. The mountains were broken, number one. And secondly, the heavens were open. See your Bible. So open heaven is nothing new. Today I pray that everything that is holding you down, every one of those mountains be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. We don't serve a dead God. He got up from the grave and he ascended into the heavens. I pray that God will open the heavens upon you, upon your children, your children's children. When God opened the heavens, no devil can stop you. Ladies and gentlemen, Today, I put an end, in the precious name of Jesus, an end to everything that is getting in the way of your blessing. What you cannot do for yourself, I pray that heaven will open up and rescue you and me. Let me give you an example of open heaven. The Israelites, they were slaves. Yes, they were. Mm -hmm. The Israelites, they find themselves in the desert. No food, no water, no stove. But when the Bible said the heavens open up, and hamburger begin to fall from heaven. God is in the business of opening up heavens for his children. Some hard members of that church, you know every church has some of those, Reverend. You just have to watch out for them. Some of them hard members say, oh, but we, 
We got hamburger, all right, but there ain't no mix in it. Ain't that something? They better be glad I was not God. But thank God in his grace and mercy, he began to rain down quail. I don't know if you ever gone to real restaurant. You can order quail. Quail today is a special delicacy. It will cost you how? Oh, I'm having a flashback now. Big money to order quail in the restaurant. In fact, I hate to be honest with you, I don't know of any restaurant in central Louisiana that is big enough to serve quail. Hey, don't tell me. People, people can't deal with the truth. I don't understand. God flooded the whole congregation with delicacy. They have plenty. That's heaven opening up. Ladies and gentlemen, throughout the Bible, you see evidence of it. Genesis 28, verse 12. They talk about Jacob. In his dreams, the heavens were open up. Am I right about it? He saw angels descending and ascending on a ladder. So this concept, this principle is been there. People just don't study. Daniel saw an open heaven. Isaiah saw an open heaven. I can go on and on, examples after examples throughout the Bible. In fact, in, the, in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible again tells you the date, the time, the year. It said, in the 30th year, on the fourth month of the year, on the fifth day of the how how clear can God be? Complete detail. Ezekiel said, I was among the captives. He even told you where they were located, a river Sheba. He said, Guess what happened? Let me testify. The heavens opened up. Can you all read? It's in your Bible. So God is in the business of opening up heaven. A lot of things that you and I are trying to do in our own ability. And we continue to fail and fail and fail. What we need to do is turn it over to Jesus. Let God open up the heavens for you. I'm giving you examples so that you know this is not a strange doctrine. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible said Jesus came to be baptized. And as soon as the preacher was trying to baptize him, the heavens opened up. In John chapter 1, verse 51, you see another example. 
Nathaniel became a disciple and Jesus met him for the first time and Jesus said, hey, brother Nathaniel, what's up? Nathaniel said, wait a minute. You never met me before? I don't know you. You don't know me. How you know my name? And Jesus said, oh, because I call you by your name, that's so important to you. He said, sit back, fasten your belt. He said, I've been watching you when you were sitting under the tree. He said, but you haven't seen nothing yet. Just hang in there. The time will come when you will see heavens open up on the Son of Man. I'm teaching you about open heaven. That's what's missing in the life of many Christians. We sing and shout, we hoop and hollow, he died, he died, he died. He got up. Now what? So the question this morning is that are you operating under an open heaven? Are you walking under an open heaven? Ladies and gentlemen, you're walking under an open heaven when you find yourself being blessed without even asking for it. You're walking under open heaven when you find yourself being promoted on the job, even when you don't qualify. You're walking under open heaven when you know your credit is jacked up and your money is funny and God still make a way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> You're walking under open heaven when things that should have killed you. Now you're living to talk about it. Thank you, Jesus. One of my members here called me and said, Pastor, I got to go to surgery. She's one of our sisters here. I said, Yes, ma'am. What do you want me to do? Say, I want you to pray. I said, Sure, we're going to pray. I said, I'm not going to pray by myself. You're going to pray with me. And sure enough, what happened to her hands, and she's in the house listening now, what happened is that in her hand, uh, something just grew up. And you know, women, they don't like ugly stuff. <laughs> so she was scheduled. She told me when the surgery would be done. She went to the hospital. And they put Ivy on. They prep her. 
ready for surgery. The doctor showed up, and the doctor could not find where he's supposed to come. Listen to me, church. There's so much going on in your midst. We need to come out outside of religion and embrace the power of God to intervene in your situation. Her name is Jessica, in case you want to check. Because I know there are some Judas here. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I had another situation like that. This, this, she's singing your choir. This woman, another member, had cancer. Brother Pastor, is there a bomb in Gilead? I said, yes, I will go to my grave preaching God is a healer. And sure enough, they scheduled surgery. Similar story. She was admitted. The prepper, the ivy is already in her thing. The doctor showed up. Doctor said, let me take another x-ray to make sure. The doctor came back after the x-ray. He said, I've been doing this for 26 years. I don't know what's going on. This x-ray said you have cancer. This one said you have no cancer. I cannot cut you. Same church. Same pastor. Same preaching. What you do with the word of God is on you. We will continue to decree and declare there is power in the name of Jesus. When God rained down healing, no cancer can stay in your body. When God brings down joy, no depression can weigh you down. When God brings you peace, no confusion can have residence in your house. I'm talking about open heaven. God can open up the heavens and do for you and me what we could not do for ourselves. I pray today doors that are closed. I pray that heaven will open up that doors for you. When the heavens are open to you, you don't have to chase opportunity. Opportunity will be chasing you.
I've been teaching you for years now that there are two realms of life. The spiritual and the natural. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, is that we are operating too much in the natural. And as a result, we become so limited. And we become so powerless. In fact, it's so bad that many of us, we are living under open heaven, but we don't know it. That's how ignorant church people have become. Just think about it. God kept you through some major sicknesses. What do you think is behind that? Think about it. You find yourself in an automobile accident that could have wiped you out. But you're still, you're still here. We had major storm. Trees were falling. And you got trees in your yard. Yet the Lord spared your house. The tree, ha, 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 ha. Help me, Holy Spirit. I'm talking about open heaven. I don't have enough time. I can go on and on with examples after examples. There's a, a brother, I call him my homeboy. You know, he, the Bible calls him an Ethiopian, so I know he's my homeboy. <laughs> when you get a chance, you read it yourself. You can read. In the book of Acts, chapter 8, the Bible says he was an Enoch. And he, he was a big shot. He works for Queen Sheba. He was the treasurer of the government of Ethiopia. The Bible says every year, Sister Girl will travel long distance to Jerusalem just to go worship. Mm, I can preach that all day. This man will travel to another country just to worship. Many of you, I can't even get you to drive 10 minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, one year, he came to Jerusalem. Now he's on his way home. He was rich. He was riding his chariot. You say, what is a chariot? Yeah, let's say Cadillac Escalade. Yes, I said it. He was riding home. He got a driver. So he's reading the Bible. The heavens open. <laughs> Philip, a deacon, was conducting a revival in Samaria. God interrupted the revival. He says, stop what you're doing. I want you to go to the desert. I can just imagine Philip saying, wait a minute. We're having good revival here. There's a big crowd in the church. God said, look, leave them church people. Go to the desert. One day I'll preach about that. 
ladies and gentlemen, when, when Philip got there, God said, you see that African man? Go and catch up with that black man. And join him in his, in his, in his chariot. Philip did it. Found the brother reading. Oh, I got to hurry up. The Bible said, he asked him, Sir, do you understand what you're reading? He said he don't. Because of time, you know what happened. Philip helped him to understand. Then the brother became a Christian. The brother was baptized that day. Am I still in the book? But check this out. The brother, that black man, did not ask for help. That black man don't know Philip from Adam. That black man was not expecting Philip. But God opened the heavens. Open heaven is when God helped you, you didn't even expect it. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, glory, 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 glory. People you've never met. And God send them along your pathway. Oh, I wish I could sit down with you and testify in the life of this church how many times God opened up the heavens. They know how we're going to make it. No friend, nobody to count on. And yet God said, keep on declaring it. I'm talking about open heaven. One day, we were, we were so concerned about our finances. Somebody came and gave us so much money. It scared the preacher and the deacons. True story. And it wasn't a check. It was raw cash. Raw cash. I never confessed to them that I was scared too. But when God get ready to bless you, he will bless you in spite of you. I'm talking about hope on heaven. They say, Pastor, why are you so bold about some of these things? Because I've seen some lightning flashing. I've heard some thunder roll. I've seen Simbra Kadashin trying to chuck my neck. But oh, but God, but God, but God. He made a way out of no way. Sometimes I just want to tell the world, what well, good God you serve. He will open up the windows of heaven. What a blessing. I'm talking about open heaven. Open heaven in your life right now. Open heaven upon every one of your children. Open heaven upon your job. Open heaven upon your business. Open heaven upon your ministry. Open heaven upon the work of your hand. Open heaven upon your health. Open heaven upon your finance.
in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. Somebody shout amen. Mercedes, and we have to do communion. How do you trigger open heaven? There are things that you and I can do to trigger it. Number one, I have to rush through this. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. He said, you do this, heaven will be open. He said, if you're willing. That's right, preacher. And you're obedient. He said, it don't matter what the Wall Street says. It doesn't matter <laughs> what is going on, inflation in the, in the economy. You will eat the good of the land. You know what the trigger is? Obedience. You find me a child in your family that is obedient, I will tell you that child is going to make it. Just being obedient to mama, just being obedient to daddy. Obedience, birth, blessing. Many church people, they still don't get the memo. Heaven is open. You know, since Jesus busted the heavenlies, there's no single scripture that says the heaven has been closed. That heaven remains open. What is missing is that we are still at the cross. You go to the cross, Jesus is not there, <laughs> but you stayed at the cross. The problem is that we are not living a life of obedience. Nobody can tell you nothing. God told the children, he said, honor your father. Honor your mama. He said, it will be well with you. You will live long. That's right, sister. You will live long. God is not a man that he should lie. Another trigger, ladies and gentlemen, he said in Malachi chapter 3, verse number 10, he said, bring you all the tithes. These are triggers. You'll be amazed. Less than 20% of people in the church are tightened. They chose to live under closed heaven. He said, test me now and see. If I will not Not only did he say we open up the windows of heaven, he said I will pout. I will bless you so much. 
That's right, sister. You won't have enough room to receive it. See, the problem is that we never take God on his word. And we find ourselves struggling and struggling and struggling. I had a friend like that. I've been talking to him about Titan for many years. Then he got sick. He had a man problem. And so he had to travel all the way from Fayetteville, Arkansas. He had to travel to Texas. It's some place called Anderson. I don't know where it is. So he had to travel. He will fly every month. And then he ran out of money. Then he started to drive. Long hours. He will get serious radiation treatment and still have to drive back. And he called me one day and said, Josh, I'm not asking you for help. But I know you're a man of wisdom. What do I need to do? He was expecting some profound revelation from me. I asked him a simple question. Do you go to church? He asked me, what does that have to do with what I'm asking you? I said, he has everything to do with it. Then I asked him another question. Do you tithe in your church? He said, no, I don't tithe. He said, by the time I spend all my money traveling back and forth, I had nothing left. I say, let me tell you. So I show him a passage in the Bible of a woman that was running out of money and the preacher came and the preacher said, the only food you have left, cook it for the preacher first. See how them lost half of the church. <laughs> that woman was obedient and she never lacked. For the rest of our life. My friend started tithing. Out of luck. And amazingly, his boss called him in one day. He said, how are you doing with your health? I'm still receiving treatment. Tell me about the treatment. He told him how he had to, to go to Texas. And how he had to drive every month. Because ran out of money. The boss said, I'm sorry to hear that. From now on, never drive. I want you to fly. Not only fly, fly first class. And put the expense on Walmart company. And he's been having treatment more than a year now. Flying first class. And he asked me how. I said, the Lord said, bring you all the tithes to the storehouse. He said, prove me. The Bible says, seek ye first. It don't take much to be blessed. 
See, that's why my wife always tells me, say, you talk too much. Don't talk too much about what God is doing in your life. I say, I live in a glass cup. I want God to know that I love him. I want the whole world to know God did it for me. I have a television account that I don't even know. If you ask me the account number, I don't know. The only thing I remember is the password. That's how, that's how slow I am. And the Lord is filling that bank up. I don't even know who is giving me the money. All over Europe. All over Africa. History of account. I'll be glad to share with you. So you can see what God can do for you. He is man busting my... Uh, what's the Christian word of working hard? Because... I've been trained. You got to work out. You got to stay up. You got to. When God opened up heavens for you, sweatless victory, sweatless victory, He will bless you as part of yourself. I got to stop. Everybody stand up. God wants every one of us to walk under open heaven. When you walk under open heaven, you know what happens? Things begin to happen in your life that you couldn't do for yourself. The disciples, they experience open heaven one day, you know. They went with Jesus Christ. True story. At the Mount of Transfiguration, they saw Elijah. Ordinary people cannot see somebody is dead. But what happened that day, the heavens were open. And when they looked, they saw three people on the mountain. Only one went up there. When you have opened heaven in your life, God begins to reveal things to you. And no man can trick you. When you are living under open heaven, every trickster, you will see him 10 miles before it gets to you. They saw Elijah. They saw Moses. They saw Jesus. But when they saw Jesus, it was not in the same clothes he came with. They saw him in a glorified clothes. You know what happened? The heavens were open. Not only will you be seen better, the Bible says also they could hear certain voices. They heard a voice from heaven. Say, that's my son. You hear better. You see better. You experience more miracles. Open heaven is what you need in your life. And Jesus is right in the heavens. John 14, 14, he said, ask me anything in my name. 
I will do it. I want to pray with somebody today. After that, we're going to receive the Holy Communion. Use the communion today to seal your understanding. Say what I learned today, the devil, you can steal it from me. With no dime in your pocket, you can be living under open heaven. One way you trigger it is by what you say. I don't look at my circumstance. I don't look at my situation. I look at what I know. And when you know that you know that you know, what you know will set you free. Father, I thank you. Holy Spirit, we are grateful. Thank you for your presence here today. Heaven is wide open. Your super on our natural is what we need. We've been toiling hard on the natural. Lord, now we ask for your heavenly resources. Access. It's wide open, but we have not been living under it. Help us to develop a life of obedience. Help us to develop our giving. Help us to know it's not our salary that will do it. It's our giving. Train our mouth with what we say. Life and death is in the power of our tongue. Help our understanding. Today we decree and declare by faith. Every member of this church shall live under open heaven. Lord, we thank you for open heaven. We thank you for open heaven. Open heaven on our job. Open heaven on our health. Open heaven in our finances. Open heaven in every area of our lives. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord God a clap of Hallelujah. I'm going to invite the deacons and the, and the deaconesses and our ministers to come while the choir is singing. Thank you, deaconesses. I came by the church. I saw you preparing the table. I didn't say one word. Everybody ought to be faithful in the area of their calling. We appreciate you.
Father God, we realize, Lord, because of your, your body, Lord God, that, Lord God, we've been healed, we've been delivered, we've been set free. Father God, we thank you for your body, Father God, that was shared on Calvary, that we might have a right to the tree of life. And again, oh, glory to God, he took the cup and he gave thanks. And gave it to the disciples. He said, this is my blood, which was shed for you and for many for remission of sin. Drink it to the glory of God. Father God, we thank you for the blood. For we realize, Lord, we cleansed through the blood. We've been made righteous through the blood. Father God, we thank you for the blood, Lord God, that was shed on Calvary, that we might have a right to the tree of life. Lord, we thank you for the blood because that's power in the blood, that's healing in the blood, that's deliverance in the blood, that's wholeness in the blood, and I thank you right now, Father God. Father God, we ask you to bless it, sanctify it to the glory of God. You may eat and drink at this time. you praise God to give on your way out as God has blessed you. Amen. Glory to God. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. 